If you're looking for a podcast about all things hunting, especially in the South, you've come to the right place. My name is Weber Herbison, and hunting is the ultimate addiction. Welcome back to the Ultimate Addiction Podcast. Uh, this week, we've kind of decided we're going to step away from the tactic series just for a second uh, to talk about something that I'm pretty passionate about. And we decided we were going to talk about it because it's almost the end of deer season and trigger fingers are starting to itch. And, you know, this might hopefully give people a a different perspective from maybe what they're used to hearing or being told I guess and this is probably going to offend some people and that is not the that's not what we're trying yeah, to do not, here not the intention yeah this is strictly to be educational and to hopefully or maybe give a different perspective than what uh, most people believe i guess you would say yeah you can do with this information what you want to do but just gives you something to think about basically if you are trying to i'll mention we we're doing coal bucks what we're talking about I don't yeah, know if the, it topic, earlier. the topic is coal bucks but if you are trying to do that on your farm or your lease or whatever just kind of give you some things to think about versus just your typical oh he doesn't have more than so many points he needs to be shot yeah for sure um, the, I guess the first thing I would say is just because a deer does not have symmetrical sides does not make him a cull bug. No. Uh, I know the, the typical cull buck is, oh, well, if he has less than eight points, cull him, you know, and we'll get into this, but that's just not the case. So, uh, with that, Patrick's going to ask a few questions, and I'll give my opinion, and we'll see where it takes us. Yeah, this is uh, not my specialty. Weber's a little more passionate about this than I am. So, I just have a couple questions for him more so. I've listened to a couple podcasts about it, looked at some research, and I guess have some knowledge about it and have my own opinion about it, but this is more of Weber's thing, so... We're going to get into it. So the first thing is define a cold buck. What's the common definition and what's your definition? So cull, this is C-U-L-L. This is not C-O-I-L. We're not talking about coil bucks. We're talking about cull bucks. The Webster's Dictionary definition of a cull or to cull, I guess it might be a verb, is a selective slaughter of wild animals. So you're, that's a little, uh, little vague, I guess yeah. you'd say, or a little vulgar kind of, but gruesome, violent. Yeah, but basically, it's just selectively killing animals so that you kill off the bad genes and you only keep the good genes, so to speak. 
but so what's your definition my definition of a cold buck would be number one he's got to be mature what's that so six and a half okay if you're killing a three and a half year old deer that's because he's a six point you're not doing yourself any favors at all just because he's a six point i know there's a common myth a lot of people believe once a six point always a six point or once a seven point always a seven point that is completely false uh I have trail cam pictures of numerous deer that were six points and the following year were eight points or were seven points and the following year was an eight point. And you might say, well, how do you know it's the same deer? And if I showed you the pictures, there's, there's no doubt. It's 100% the same deer and you can tell it, it was in the same place, uh, the same time of year. And so just knowing that, could change your perspective on things you know a lot of people they're like well someone told me if he's a six point now that's all he's ever going to be and that's completely false uh, i like something he said so bringing back to what's mature weber says six and a half i agree with that statement personally i think this is my opinion on calling just age we need birthdays yeah six and a half uh most people say that's their full potential at six and a half. Yeah, I've um, seen. Weber's given me some percentages on like their growth. So what's the what are those percentages like year to year? Um, so they're going to make their biggest jump antler wise, like score wise, from three and a half to four and a half. Yeah. So now, if you shoot a deer at three and a half, you'll never know yeah. what that deer could be. Yeah, and now you might be talking. I can't remember the exact percentages. I should have written them down. But you could be talking a jump from 100 inches to 130 or 125. And then from 4.5 to 5.5, you could be talking 130 to 140. And then 5 to 6, 140 to 145. The percentages get smaller, but we're talking about the south here. We're talking about hunting in the south. That's our thing. That's the perspective we're giving people. And a lot of people, they see an eight point at, let's just say, let's say he's three and a half and he scores a hundred, which is a, a small deer relatively in score. And people are going to say, well, he's only a hundred inches at three and a half. He's never going to be anything. Okay, well, I just gave you an example of by six and a half he could be 145 how many people in the south are going to pass up 145 inch eight point nobody or at the midwest yeah you know that's a huge deer anywhere yeah once you know 140 inch eight points big and you know there, there could be some people who've killed some 200s talking about oh that ain't big but in the south we're from mississippi that's a big deer yep and then this is from the national deer association and this is kind of back up like Three and a half will not determine what a deer is going to be. You know, some people think that. I personally don't think that. So this is National Deer Association, a little chart. Uh, first of all, at six and a half, it says that there will be 100% of their maximum gross Boone and Crockett score. And sometimes, especially in the south, that might not even be the case. I've seen deer, now, for the most part, Absolutely. Yeah, this is just a general yeah, one. There's going to be outliers. Yeah, for sure. I've seen deer, multiple deer, that stayed the same, 
year to year to year. And then he got to eight and a half, nine and a half years old, and he all of a sudden just blew up, just like threw on mass he never had, threw on kickers, you know, just you never know. Yeah, I think after that six and a half or five, four and a half, five and a half, that's when you're getting all the funky stuff. Yeah, you start throwing on mass and little. They're getting nutrition on them. Their body's putting the nutrition at different places. Yep. So, but this chart, so it says from one and a half to two and a half is going to be obviously your biggest jump um it goes from 30 percent to 60 percent and then your next biggest jump is two and a half to three and a half and on this chart it does say 80 percent of what they're going to be but 80 percent of 150 inches you know yeah i mean you still got you got a couple inches to grow yeah, if it's maximum 150 and so I mean, then you're talking 30 inches of growth right yep, there yep and then three and a half to four and a half, you still have ten percent more. So I mean, yeah. And I've heard, I've heard percentages higher than that. Uh, I know, I do know, it gets into like a five percent range, as they get, you know, five and a half type thing. But even with that, you got a five and a half year old deer, and he's one forty. What's five? I mean, what's five percent of one forty? You're talking, golly, eight inches, yeah, seven inches. So, there you have it. If you just let them get to six and a half, then you almost have a hundred and fifty inch deer. Yep. Yeah, 15, 15 inches. I mean, you're getting into a whole different class of deer. Yeah, exactly. So, and that's just with more birthdays. All right. So kind of a dumb question i guess or not a rhetorical question do you believe in culling what would you think needs to be done for culling if you know we're talking about wild populations here if you're gonna i don't even like to use the word cull i would more so call it a management deer and when you're talking about management deer my my definition of a deer if you're going to shoot a deer that is not what you want him to be score-wise, I guess you would say, um, the only time I would say to do that is if he is obviously mature, six and a half, and he is just genetically inferior. You could almost say, I don't want to say genetically inferior, but his horns just aren't what you want them to be. They're obviously small for what his age is, and he's really serving you no purpose in the herd other than he, you know. I'm not even going to say genetically there's an issue here because a 120-inch 8-point could breed and give you 160-inch deer. There, there's no guarantee that because, it, because this deer is 110, his offspring is going to be 110. Like I've listened to a study, and then Weber sent me a thing recently. It was out in Texas in a pen. Now, I'm not talking about high-fence steroid deer. I'm just talking about it's in a pen. Yeah, so they can It can be it. managed. Like, they culled deer, they shot them with net guns, and killed them. Yeah. Like, the most extent of culling as you can do is in this pen. And one of the things they said was... 130 inch eight point which is not a bad eight point no but not huge 
produce the best offspring. Yeah, produce their biggest offspring. Yes. Yeah. And so genetically, there there's no guarantee with anything genetically. If you want to, in quote, see better genetics on your property, you have to have a larger population of older deer. That's when you're going to see deer at their peaks genetically. And so the only way to do that is by potentially passing up deer that you might think are genetically inferior at a younger age. Because if you kill if you kill all your bucks at three and a half because they're seven points or six or a majority let's say you just kill I don't know you kill twenty six points on your property and they're three and a half or four and a half years old, I would be willing to bet we haven't gotten into this yet, I'd be willing to bet eighty percent of those have some sort of velvet damage and would be completely different deer the next year. And so you're we just had a bad year. Yeah. You know, the we didn't get enough moisture. Yeah. Rain, not drought, food, anything like that. And so you're killing essentially an age class of your deer by culling them at a young age. If I hate to break it to you, but if you're only looking for genetically superior deer at a young age you're going to be highly disappointed and you're because you're not going to see it like not every deer is going to be 120 at two and a half in the south probably none probably none (laughs) exactly so the only like i said the only way to have a higher population of genetically superior deer or bigger deer is to have a higher population of older deer. And that's my opinion on, you know, managing your herd. As far as when would you shoot a management buck, like I said, if you know a deer is going downhill, if you know he's he's well past his prime and he's going downhill, or he's just mature and he's just, he's not that big. Honestly... I would rather hunt for age than I would score anyway because of what that do, does for your overall population. But, you know, if you got an old deer and he's just, he's running all the other deer off, he's eating all your food, he's just kind of a nuisance, he's not serving you any purpose, that's when I would say, okay, management buck, you know. Yeah, he's keeping the big deer off your property. Yeah. Or the- they're not big yet, but the younger deer that have a whole lot of potential, the older deer is going to outrun them. Yeah. And regardless so, of size. And so he's serving you no purpose being six and a half and, or older and not as big as you want, yep. essentially. But to get there, he needs to be mature first off. All right. So speaking about gunning this, what's, what's the proof behind it? What have you seen? What have studies shown? Kind of, I guess, what have we seen? We don't, neither one of us own a property on our own. Yeah. Everything we're in is leases, and there's multiple other people hunting, and they don't all follow by our rules. No. Or what we think we should don't. do. And so what What have kind of you've seen? What have studies shown? What, so? Just things that I've seen. For example, where I hunt, it's it's a large property. A lot of people hunt it. 
we manage it. Like, there's rules. You have to follow the rules. Uh, we have, you know, deer has to be... Our, for example, our rule is like if he has eight points, he has less than eight points, and he's three and a half or older, you can kill him. And I think that's the stupidest rule in the world. I think every deer you kill should be mature. You know, I agree. If you, if you, unless you have a deer problem, yeah, like overpopulation problem. And don't don't get me wrong. I'm not on here telling you like. You're an idiot if you if you want to shoot that deer. And if it makes you happy, shoot him. That's exactly what I was gonna say. If you wanna if you wanna kill a six point, because man, you just you really wanted to kill him and that deer makes you happy, by all means please kill that deer. But if d- don't this this might make some people mad. Don't shoot small deer, young deer, six points. And then complain when you don't have big when you aren't killing big deer. You can't kill big deer shooting small deer. And in my opinion, you're not going to help your herd out by killing more deer, like more bucks. I don't think more killing is ever the answer. Rarely, you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. but, I listened to somebody say the other day. He said, "If it's not what you want to shoot, don't shoot him." Yeah. You know, deer, deer aren't going to grow because you're shooting the small deer or younger small deer. Yeah, you know that that's kind of the the excuse. I don't know. I don't ever hear about cull bucks in the Midwest. Nobody. I don't ever hear people talking about it. It's it's to me, it's like a southern thing. Somebody came up with this, and I don't know who or how it got out, but it all it does is it gives people an excuse to shoot something, and. That's like I said. If that's the deer you want to shoot, and that makes you happy, by all means, shoot it. Uh, but what I was getting to, kind of some some things I've seen. We've been managing this property. We've been shooting six points and seven points for twenty years, and dadgummit, we still got six points and seven points. So if that, you know, some people will be like, "Well, that's just cause we ain't we ain't killing enough of them," and I can promise you that is just not the case. There would be, you know, if it worked, we would see it working, and it's just not. Uh, and then coming into that, this is just kind of a duh thing, which, I mean, recently, you're just now kind of hearing it, though, is 50% of the genetics is from the, the doe. doe. Yeah. And so if the doe just has six-point or seven-point genetics, doesn't matter how many you kill, if you're not shooting that doe, yeah. Which you'll never know. Yeah, you don't know that's what that, doe does. That's why genetics are such a, you know, a blah. Like, it, you know, you cannot control genetics no more than you can control the wind. Yeah. I don't know. You know, it's, it's, it's nature. That's just the way it is. And honestly, a lot of people, I can't tell you how many people tell me, like, man, I just love shooting a big old six-point, like, and in my opinion, the reason that is because he's mature. You know, he's a he's a big, gnarly, old deer, you know. And that's what's cool about it. It ain't the horns. Obviously, the horns aren't small, but he's old. He's like, that's what's cool about it is you killed an old deer. So, if it's six points you don't like on your farm, I mean, but you like shooting, the, you know, if you want bigger deer on your farm, but you love killing these old six points, then why are you shooting the six points at three and a half? Like, yeah. even if they were to stay the same, would it not be, you know, we know that genetics 
doesn't really matter. A small deer can breed a big deer. So what's it matter if you got this three and a half year old six point running around? Like, let him get to six and a half, and he might be a world record six point. He might be the biggest six point you ever see. Yep. So that's my opinion on it. Gotcha. Um, so what about some studies? What have, what have you heard? So I know for a fact that velvet injuries cause most of your antler inferiorities year to year. Uh, my opinion, there's a bunch of people where I hunt. They're like, man, what happens to these young prodigy deer? These deer that we know are young and they got, you know, 10 points on their head. And we're like, oh, yeah, a few years, he's going to be a giant. They're like, what happens to them? Why do they disappear? Well, for one, not every deer will stay on your property. No, the yeah, rut, that goes back to the mature deer or calling the mature deer because they're going to run off your yeah. less inferior deer. Yeah. and But I would be willing to bet that what happens to most of these deer is in years following, they have some sort of velvet damage. And they get killed for a cull bug. And that's why you never see them. I saw, somebody said one time, and I can't remember who it was, but I saw it and it stuck with me. It said, if the only reason you have to kill this deer is the fact that one side of his rack doesn't match the other, then you actually don't have any reason to kill that deer. Because, I mean, I would be willing to bet 90% of the time... A abnormality from one side to the other is 100% velvet damage or a possible injury from the year before causing a malformation of that horn. It's definitely, man, I see I see so many deer get killed and he's got like a perfectly symmetrical 8 or 10 point rack on one side and then the right side is like a spike and people are like, Oh man, that's bad genetics. We got to get him out. Completely wrong. Ninety nine point nine percent of the time, they damage that side in velvet, and that's why it only grew a spike. Or, like you said, had damage to like their body. Yeah. And so this is not necessarily the topic, but it goes to show kind of the science with everything. So Boone and Crockett scoring. The reason they started that was not to be bragging. No. It's to keep a record book of deer. To judge the health. How healthy they And are. so, whenever Boone and Crockett was invented, I think the early 1900s, um, was to judge the health of the deer. And how they judged the health of the deer at the time was, was by how symmetrical. symmetrical. Yep. So, if you have that spike, it might not be any other reason than he's just not healthy deer or just didn't get the nutrition that year that year yeah or you know like or a, had the velvet injury or you know, which is also health had trauma yeah yeah and so it's complete it's not a genetic thing at all and it most of the time is not like i can think of one instance of a deer that just would not grow one side of his rack and we had pictures of him for years and years and years and he just never grew that side of his rack and it's not a genetic issue. I'm sure it was a, I don't even know if it'd be a birth defect. He, like, just something uh, hurt, injured that side of his head 
or that pedicle or something and just wouldn't allow a, a horn to grow. Yeah. And he did eventually end up growing a spike, but it's obviously just a, it's not a genetic thing. Like we don't have, we let him, he lived for six or seven years on that property and we don't have one horned deer running around there. You know, it, it's a, I don't know. I think it's a very uneducated way of thinking to believe that just because a deer looks a certain way that his genetics are bad and that he needs to be out of your herd. Especially, you know, I I love deer. Like, my passion, I love deer so much, like, I hate to even see a young deer get killed, but that's just me. And so, you know, when you have a deep respect for the animal, you want to learn more about them. And just from me studying them, Cullen does not work, not in the wild, at least. Yeah, or heck, the study in the pen. Yeah, they didn't find any difference. Nope. And so, bringing up the does, do you think? This is I've never heard of study on any of it. You wouldn't know what doe has the bad gene. Yeah. But do you think managing your doe population would produce bigger deer? So the theory is you want to have like a two-to-one buck-to-doe ratio. You want to have more bucks than does because it makes your your rut more intense. Yeah, that's what, that's what I've always heard. So if you are going to do that, which we do that where I hunt, from my understanding, you don't want to be killing the does that have two offsprings. If, if the does walking around with twins or with, you know, just two offsprings you don't want to kill those because those are your breeder does those are your good you know breeding does you want to try from what i understand to kill the does that don't have an offspring with them or ones that you know if you have to only have one offspring i mean you got to kill does like there's no way to know which doe is better than the other yeah, and the fawn might have got killed. Yeah, right. exactly. There, there's no way to know. But if you really, if you want to be conscious of it, I, my personal rule is I don't want to kill a doe that has two fawns, and I really don't want to kill one with a spotted fawn in general. I want to make sure if I have to kill a doe, she's got an old enough yearling that it can survive without her. Yeah. But as far as knowing. Which does are your your better ones? I don't think there's a way to know. All I can tell you is just keep your does healthy. Your herd, your overall herd, really. Just keep them healthy, and I think that'll, uh, you know, help your the doe side of your genetics. Yep. Make sure they have feed. So, yeah. So going back to, like, the velvet injuries, nutrition and stuff, and keeping deer healthy... What are some things that you could look out for for a year that kind of stresses deer or what you've seen or research, anything like that, that has been proven or just patterns in time There's that deer don't produce the horns that they should? You know, a lot of this is kind of obvious. Uh, everybody knows this, but like a drought in the summer, summertime drought, uh, a harsh winter, like really hard freezes in the south. You know, you'll have you'll have these crazy winters where you'll have like a week of ice, 
and that could do some damage to them. Probably not as much as you would think, but it could damage their food source for that year. You know, that could cause food trees not to produce. Even if you have like a really, really hard freeze late in the year, that kills off your food plots. Yeah, like here we'll have February warm up and then March will have snow. So trees just started blooming and they have to rebloom. And then it kills them, yeah. And that could really, you know, have an effect. For us, we're on the Mississippi River, so floods uh, are a big deal. The stress of those floods uh, over the summer and things like that, that really has a detriment on fawns and just growth in general. And so a lot of it's really common. I would just say to be conscious of it throughout the, like, if you know you had something like that go on, I would just try to be conscious of it when you're hunting. Just know, okay, probably having a down year. Like, don't start blasting everything because you're not seeing what you want to be seeing. Uh even even as in a management buck perspective, even if you know a deer's probably mature, but he's not what you thought he would be, you know, maybe maybe give him another year, you know, before you blast him <laughs> for a for a, a cull buck. Yep, definitely not gonna affect him anything to let, let him get another year. Yeah, we've already established the genetics and everything. Just you know, shoot what you want, but. If you're trying to manage your property, let them get old. Yeah. So speaking, managing your property, <clears throat> if you had so many acres to yourself, you had nobody to tell you what to do, what would you do? What would be the ideal thing to do? I would let, I would not kill a deer before he's mature. I personally. Which is six and a half. Yes. Six and a half. Now, if you got a deer that you're pretty sure it's five and a half and he's 180, you're in the south, he's probably not going to get, I mean, you could try it. He might grow, but. It's definitely not hurt. Yeah. And, it, and you know, if you, you're the only one hunting this property and you really don't have a problem with neighbors, I mean, we're talking the most ideal situation ever. Uh, obviously, let him grow. But. My philosophy is, unless he scores what you want him to score, only shoot for age. And, you know, maybe once you've killed so many deer that score what you want them to score, then you only shoot for age, period. So, I personally hate what scoring has done to deer hunting. Now, obviously... To an extent, you're hunting for score. But, I man, what I can't stand, what I can't stand about the scoring of a deer is when you kill a mature deer, and he is a great deer. He's, you know, anything you want in a deer, and he's got character. And he, you know, the story behind him is what you want. Like, you put in... Yeah, it discredits a lot of other things because he doesn't score what he should have yeah. or what everybody thought he was. Yeah, like you you did all this work. You put in all the effort, all the time, the money, the energy. You, you put your heart and soul into hunting a deer, and then you kill him, especially with a bow. And then, oh, you score him, and the first thing somebody asks is, what's he score or you know you, you send a picture and everybody the first thing they ask is 
well, what did he score? You know, they don't ask anything beyond that. And I can't stand that because no, you're, nobody's ever satisfied with the score. It's always, oh, man, I, I thought he'd be bigger than that. Or, yeah. well, I don't believe he scored that much, you know. Yeah. Oh, it's it's a, a judgmental thing from a picture or a, just a jealousy thing, all because of a number. Yeah. And I think personally that that has ruined deer hunting, especially in the South. Because there's a ton of deer hunters, and every one of them's jealous. Yeah. So there's a bunch of people that judge score who haven't killed big deer. Yeah. Or, I'm put my air quotes around big deer. You know, big deer is kind of subjective. Yeah. But a lot of people, that's kind of their their go-to thing, and nobody celebrates what the deer is. You know, six and a half year old deer is extremely hard to kill. Yep. The juries. I believe it's Mark Jury's. He calls it six and a half years. They're ghost year. Yeah. Because they are hard to kill. They're smart. Yep. Once they get a little older, they kind of they don't get so wary. They're more focused on other things. But six and a half year old deer is just hard to kill. And so when somebody asks, "Oh, what's he score?" You know, it just takes away a lot from the deer itself. Yep. You know, it's not celebrated as a deer. It's celebrated as just a number. Exactly. And I can't stand that. That it really grinds my gears. Like when I, like I said, put in the time, the effort, the energy to hunt this deer, and he's he's got character. He's got, he's old. He's everything you want in a deer, and then all somebody wants to know is the number. That's why I try to never ask somebody when they kill a good deer. I never ask them, well, what did it score, unless they bring it up, because I don't want to be doing the same thing. I don't want to be subjectifying that deer to a number. I, you know, I want to celebrate the deer for what he is. Yep. And then kind of on the score, and I've heard a lot of people say it ruined deer hunting, but when that got started, that's not what it was about. No. Like, it was about a record book just to judge the health, the health of the deer population, which not everybody puts in their scores to every deer they kill. You know, it's, it's kind of a hassle. you got to get to a bunch of things to get in the record yeah. book. But that's what it was. It was not to bragging right thing. It was to judge the population on their health. And that that's why nowadays people won't put in their scores because because it's such a bragging right thing. Yeah. You know, or people, it wasn't big enough, so I'm not going to put him in. Yeah. And like Patrick said, it was literally created. Most people don't know this. It Boone and Crockett was created to judge the health of the deer, not. The, you know, not a to be able to brag about it. Like, oh well, my deer scored more than your deer. Like, yeah. there's awards for all that stuff, but it's not to celebrate the person killing the deer. It's to celebrate the deer. The deer, exactly, and yeah. that's what should be celebrated. Yeah. That's like, I know the turkey hunters will appreciate this. Like, nobody, nobody really scores a turkey. They're like, yeah, you measure his, his spurs and his beard, and you know. Nowadays, it's all about spur length, but we're kind of getting away from that now because people are some more starting to realize that spur length doesn't correlate to age. And so I think that's why, you know, people love turkey hunting because the turkey itself is what's being celebrated and not a number. And a lot, a, a lot of people are trying to 
keep it that way. You know, they're trying to make sure that it is the wild turkey that's being celebrated and this isn't a turkey hunting episode, but you get what I'm saying. That That's how it should be for deer, in yep. my opinion. Yep. So, you want to bring up an example of just the birthdays nobody manages it particularly yeah of a place that has really big deer there's a place in the south and i'm not going to say the name of it but most people probably know what it is and and wildlife photographers go there a lot because this place is no hunting there's no there's no management going on there's nothing it's literally just a national forest essentially it may or may not be it is okay it's within a national forest yeah that this place cannot be hunted but there are giant deer that walk around this place just for the simple fact of the deer can get old that i mean there's hunting all around this place and i'm i guarantee or i know I know for a fact that this place, where it's located, is not like Big Deer Central. You know what I mean? It's not like... There's no farm country or anything like that? No. It's literally just woods. And so you would think to yourself, you, this is not a place that you would be like, there's Big Deer there. If you, you know, didn't know about it or whatever. But just for the simple fact that nobody hunts this place and so the deer population gets older they have bigger deer and that's why wildlife photographers like it and that's why a bunch of people go because they can see these giant deer and so if i mean that's enough proof for me right there yeah that birthdays are the secret to having big deer the more birthdays you got the bigger they gonna get yeah and like you said i mean if we had a place and i grew with everyone he says it uh, it's the only thing I'd be hunting is birthdays. Yep. You know, it, it it's cool to watch a deer grow up. It's cool to kill an old deer. Um, even if the deer's not that big, if he's old, people are old. That's just an old deer, yeah, man. That's just cool. An old warrior. It make you know it. It makes it cool. Yeah. Like that. It make it because you're celebrating that deer. He lived that long for a reason. Yep. Like that's what's cool about it. Yeah. And so. Um, I don't have anything else to say about it, do you? I don't think so. I've pretty much made my points. You know, genetics, we've proved that that isn't a factor necessarily. You can't control the genetics. No, not in a wild place. Nope. Uh, velvet damage, that's another huge thing. Uh, I don't. Did I mention about the uh, the video I showed you with the velvet damage? I don't think I did. No, not mentioned it, but you said something about velvet damage. So in this video, this is in a controlled deer environment. I don't know if it was a high fence pen. I don't think there's any breeding going on, but it's somewhere in Texas, you know, where they can study these things. This buck at two and a half years of age was a typical eight point, you know, nothing to him, whatever. That next year at three and a half, he damaged his velvet early on. It was early velvet damage. Early velvet damage does more than late velvet damage. 
Late Velvet Damage is going to give you an offset side. Early damage, per this example, could change the whole look of the deer. He goes from a typical 8-point to just a gnarly, funky, small 6-point because of Velvet Damage. And so most hunters would have seen that deer and been like, oh, he's funky, he's small, he's a six-point, kill him. There's three and a half. The next year at four and a half, this same deer was a typical ten-point with like eight-inch G4s. I don't know score-wise, but... Yeah, the example is 140. Yeah, he said he said about 140. So this deer went from a little... It's like crab claws. It's yeah. little big crab claws. Nothing. Little... I don't even... I don't even put a number on it. 80-inch six-point to 140-inch typical 10 with what most people would call incredible genetics. Like I said, probably 8-inch G4s, something like that. So, velvet damage... I would be willing to bet that 90% of the deer that get killed, I don't want to say 90, but a high percentage of deer that get killed for cold bucks has something to do with velvet damage. And then we talked about just dispersal of deer from one property to the other. Like you can't control what comes and goes for the most part. You don't have a high fence. And so... Yeah, like during the rut, deer travel a long way. Yeah, and so even if you are shooting for shooting the inferior deer it doesn't matter because someone else's deer are going to come on to you anyway yep. so the genetics the you know it's you're just, not just not really possible in yeah. an area that's not in a fence or even in a high fence i mean there's studies that show that not even then yep it can be controlled and then the doe the doe produces 50 percent of the genetics so you don't even know if the biggest deer in the woods breeds a doe, she might not even give birth to another buck, you know? And so it's just, it's an impossible task. And for the most part, I think it's all for nothing. I think you're doing more damage by trying to kill cull bucks than if you were to just let them live yep. up to maturity, yep. you know? And like we had rated before, and we'll always say it, shoot what makes you happy. Yeah. If shooting whatever most people consider a coal or not a coal, whatever makes you happy, do that. If yeah. it's legal, makes you happy, go for it. I am absolutely by no means telling you do not shoot what you want to shoot. If something makes you happy, please shoot it and be happy. Yeah. I'm, we are not on here trying to tell you, oh, you're you're a... Yeah, you're the problem. But, yeah, you're the problem because you want to because you enjoy shooting what we're calling a cull deer or whatever yep. what someone else might call a cull deer. Yep. So, is there anything that we're kind of coming up on an hour? Um, is there anything that or a person you like to listen to or somebody that's like, oh, he's doing it right. He knows what's going on. Um. The Mississippi State Deer Lab has a podcast, and they actually have videos on YouTube. Steve Damaris and Bronson Strickland, they talk about this pretty often. I think it's a pretty hot topic. Uh, so if you want data and details from 
actual research professionals who do this for a living, listen to them. You can find them. They have a podcast. They have a YouTube channel. Uh, they were on the Hunting Publix podcast. So find that if you want to learn more and really dive into the academics and whatnot behind it. Yeah, the true science. Yeah. Do that. I think they're, they are the people to listen to. Yep. And if you want somebody, I guess you could say a little more basic, not so technical, I think the juries, their proof of growing deer, letting deer get old, yep. and then Lee Lukoski, of course, the crush, Lee and Tiffany, they kill some huge deer. And so that's that's probably a little more wild example. You can see a real-life example versus a very controlled environment in a lab, yeah. in a fence of what can happen if you just let those deer get older, which they are in the Midwest and they are on prime property, but... Those birthdays, we just had deer killed in our place. Huge deer, 12-inch twos, 5-inch bases, and just because he was old. That is the only reason he was big. We don't produce big deer, but that deer was one of the older deer. We've had him on camera for a long time, and that, I think, is the only reason he's big. Yep. For for reference, Patrick hunts in the hills of Mississippi. Yep. This deer was a giant for the hills. So, just know... I, I honestly, I, I want to challenge anybody. If you can find a video of Lee Lukoski talking about shooting a cull buck for, to get his genetics out of the herd, please send it to me because I don't know that you can. Yeah. Birthdays. Birthdays. That's his thing, and that's why he kills big deer. Yeah. And so I think we're coming up um, kind of our usual time, so – like we always say, leave five-star review. If it's not five stars, don't leave one. And uh, leave a comment. That'd be nice, too. Um, if you have something bad to say, don't leave a comment. Just stop listening. <laughs> so thanks, everybody, for listening. And this is the Ultimate Addiction Podcast. See you next time.